The Viridian Nutrition range of 200 plus award-winning products includes vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutritional oils, specialty supplements, tinctures and balms. All formulated to be helpful, efficacious and pure. By choosing our Viridian Nutrition range, you are one step closer to your goal of 100% wellness. Ethical vitamins with an organic heart. Available at all Browns outlets. Browns and you. There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should. My name is Sasha. I am your host for this edition of The She Word, the young women's edition, where we are having conversations which are more tailored towards a younger demographic of women. I'd like to remind you to follow and subscribe to our channels. You can follow us on Instagram, follow us on LinkedIn, and you can also subscribe to Patreon, where you can get first access to our shows and 50% of our proceedings go towards the Richmond Foundation, who are offering therapy for women who are not in a place to access it themselves. Today's show is Young Women and the Second Puberty, and we are set to dive into a topic which has rarely actually been spoken about, and many women have never even heard the term to begin with. I stumbled upon it myself when I kind of hit my 20s and I started to feel my body changing, and these changes were inexplainable. Like I couldn't find something, I couldn't find a term or, or a condition which explained what I was going through. At some point, I ended up researching and I stumbled upon the term the second puberty, which explained all the changes that my body was going through, from hormone imbalance to changes in hair health. Think of it as the moment a young woman is breaking into her body as an adult. So I want to say this at the very start of the podcast. While second puberty isn't a medically recognized term, it's a useful way to describe the physical and emotional changes women experience as they age, particularly between their 20s and their 40s. Existing information tells us that it is typically characterized by changes in the menstrual cycles, fertility levels, variation in bone density and muscle mass, and changes in skin texture, collagen levels, and hair health. It can also lead to mental shifts, including changes in desires and mentality, and possibly serve as an influence on self-perception and body image, and ultimately cause a strain on mental health. So, without further ado, I've invited three young women on this show who have all shown interest in discussing this relatively new term, both from their own experiences and also from the knowledge that they've gained throughout their lives. Of course, finding guests for such a conversation was not easy. And so I chose them after issuing a call on social media for women who are interested in discussing the topic. And I've also had my own conversations with them beforehand. With me today, I've got Mariah Agat, who is a 28-year-old certified yoga and embodiment practitioner who has had her own very long and turbulent experience with hormone health and who can undoubtedly give us some very valuable information when it comes to balancing your hormones in a natural and healthy way to help support the body throughout these processes of change. Hello, Mariah. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, Sasha. Thank you for inviting me. And such a pleasure to meet such incredible people on the show. It's been a really exciting time being here already and we haven't even started. Yeah. So I'm so excited <laughs> to unfold what's about to come. Next up, we have Julia Aquilina, who is a 22-year-old medical biochemist currently doing her master's, who also has some insight to share from having experienced these changes. And also, she's going to be our medical perspective. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I mean, medical perspective, so to say. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Happy to have met you guys. And I'm so excited to get this to- topic started. We have such good like <laughs> insights to give for this topic, honestly. And finally, we have Andrea Mifsud, who is a psychology student and a mental health advocate who has also experienced such bodily changes and is ready to offer her insight when it comes to the mental health aspect. Hello. Hi, Sasha. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for inviting all of us to speak about this topic. Something is very close to all our hearts and I think close to women out there as well. So very excited to talk about this and share my own insights as well. Ladies, thank you all so much for coming on the show. I can't wait to be discussing this topic with you today. I feel like it's going to be a quite a long podcast. So <laughs> let's get straight into it. So now that I've introduced you, I'd like you all to take a moment to introduce yourselves, perhaps mention anything that I haven't mentioned, um, perhaps a thing or two that made you want to be on this show today. Because as I mentioned, I really gave women the opportunity to tell me, hey, listen, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Or perhaps why you think this discussion is an important one to be had. Mariah, I want to start us off. So I'm Mariah. Uh, I teach people privately. I work with people privately and in groups. And the work that I've been doing for the past six years has involved a lot of stress management, a lot of natural holistic alternative medicines and ways that the medical model doesn't really like to talk about or hasn't researched enough. I've met many beautiful women on this journey and the more I talk about my story, the more I begin to understand that everybody, to some extent, every woman out there has had a relationship with their hormonal body and has had their own journeys, their own journey towards themselves, I like Mm -hmm. to call it, because our hormones are literally chemicals in the body reminding us of when things aren't flowing in life, so... I really am passionate about combining science and the metaphysical, the spiritual. It's all backed by science nowadays, so I'm very glad to be doing this in this time where science actually backs the holistic model that the body is actually made of the mind, body and the spirit, not just the physical body and not just the mind. And in actual fact, they do connect together. And I've always wanted to be on this podcast because... It's been my life's mission to educate, to talk about the things that nobody wanted to talk about, to find answers and to keep seeking different levels of truth from different people along their journeys. I'm a deep believer that we are truly here to continue to evolve. There's no such thing as being one way or being the other. We're always learning new information, having new experiences and evolving through this life journey together. So... It's just a pleasure to finally be here with you. I'm so glad you're here. You are, you are literally meant to be on this table. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Andrea, tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, my name's Andrea, but I prefer Andy, as many people who know me would know. Um, 
I'm a second year psychology student, very, very passionate about what I study. I've always been very intuitive and much deeper in that aspect. So very excited to be sharing my insights on a level, on a personal level, obviously, being a woman having gone through puberty and all of these changes, but also on the level of my psychological studies. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also very excited to be here with Mariah as she has really guided me towards myself, as she said herself. Um, and I'm very excited as well to be here with Julia. I just met her, but we got on very well. I love the concept about having young women speak about these topics, especially me being here speaking about mental health, which is something very deep and personal to me. Um, and I'm just really glad that we have so such strong young women sharing so many personal and expertise knowledge on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for having me here. Julia. Thank you for having me for the second time. Um, so yes, my my background is medical biochemistry. So I graduated as an undergrad in medical biochemistry um, and I'm pursuing my master's also in biochemistry, but specifically in genetics and embryology. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't like to be like the medical mind. I like, I've always been fascinated by the human body, which is exactly why I got into this field. But more recently, like the hormones that play into being a woman and like how the body works and why we go through such things and why these things are so like in the dark. So that is what I would like to bring to the table today. So like, okay, I have a certain history in the biological field and I can understand how the body works like through the biochemical pathways. So maybe I can bring that type of knowledge to the table. But mm -hmm. more than that is just like getting the message across that these things need to be spoken about, especially in the medical field. Mm -hmm. Like women health is so far back compared to where it should be. And something like this podcast just raises a question. If questions are raised, they mm -hmm. eventually need to be answered. Mm -hmm. So I think like we have a very good group of women here who can target it and we can get the word moving like and get mm -hmm. the party going. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of start by painting a bit of a, of a picture for our listeners. Um, and I want to start by doing that myself. As I said, I was inspired to do this show because of my own experiences. There were other shows which I, I was like, all right, this is a topic which I think deserves attention, but it wouldn't have been fueled exactly by my own kind of um, research and, and my own experience with, with uh, what we would be discussing. Um, so I always like to start by painting a picture, especially when we're going to be discussing a term which is not medically recognized, as we've said. We are more using it because it's it's kind of convenient to explain what we are referring to, these changes that a woman's body goes through um, when she's kind of going from a teenager to an adult. And I will be sharing a bit about my own experience. So along somewhere along when I when I hit kind of 22 and 23, I started noticing some very significant changes in my body. Mostly when it came to retaining weight, retaining liquids, my hair changed. I started losing a lot of hair. And when I tell people that they're like, oh, but you have so much hair still. I'm like, girl, you have no idea how much hair I've lost, honestly. Um, um, even my curl pattern was changing. 
um it started feeling feeling much much harder to lose weight um uh, and of course the number one for me which kind of really set the alarms going was when i started getting hormonal acne i did not get acne at any point in my life i was very lucky throughout my puberty to not get any acne in fact i remember my friends having it and i was just there clear skin i didn't even used to wash my face like i didn't even used to do anything and i felt very looking back now i realized it was a privilege you know now in my 20s especially this year i started getting a lot of hormonal acne all coming in the same area sometimes i would even have as, as much as 15 pimples at the same time painful cystic pimples and i realized that my body was going through this massive change and i didn't even know how to support it because as we've mentioned the kind of the medical side is more about hiding the symptoms but there isn't much of an interest to actually go to the root what is causing this and yeah i literally felt as if i was going through puberty again and that's where i kind of had stumbled upon the term the second puberty i was finding myself saying why is this happening like how come i never got acne all my life but i'm getting it in my mid-20s like what and so some research here and there led me to the slang term and I want to continue repeating that we're not here to offer medical advice, but we will offer medical insight to support what we are saying. So although it's not medically recognized, personally, I do believe that it should be researched. There should be more research in about the phase that a woman goes through in her 20s, in her 30s, before she starts heading towards perimenopause. Women, at the end of the day, they deserve to have this, these explanations and, and this support at the end of the day, to find the sense of community and to make them realize that they are not going through things alone. Here we are now. We are all... I've, I've given you a bit um, of, of insight about what it's been like for me. And now, of course, I want to hear from all of you because I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> so... Could each of you share your kind of personal understanding and experiences, if you want, with what's colloquially known as the second puberty? So, okay, I'm going to go first. Okay, Julia's um, going. Yes, yeah, so to be honest with you, until I saw your post on social media, I had no idea what second puberty is. So like coming from the medical field, so to speak, I know what puberty is, I know what the hormones are, perimenopause, menopause, like, you know, the basic terms everyone tells you about but I read your post and you had like a very brief explanation and mm -hmm. definition of what this secondary puberty is and now you explained even more yeah. and I was like oh my god I literally had every single thing you're mentioning maybe not the acne but that's because I have my own hormonal control happening so mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna have the hormonal outbreak but I remember very very explicitly before I cut my hair the exact reason I cut my hair my hair was like bum length it was super long and I was losing so much hair and my best friend's a hairdresser and I messaged her sent a photo of the like hair in the drain I was like listen like Is can you please normal? tell me what's happening I didn't change my shampoo I didn't change anything I haven't done anything my curl like this is not curly in my opinion I had like nice tight coils on my hair. For me to curl it, I have to like scrunch it for so long. It just won't curl anymore. And I had no idea that this would be related to what's like colloquially referred to as secondary puberty. Okay, maybe it's not medically recognized, but I'm sure that the body is trying to like say something. Mm -hmm. So 
usually, you know, they tell you you're losing hair. It's like typically linked to stress, for example, or something of the sort. You wouldn't, like genuinely, I said, it's either my shampoo or I'm stressing too much. So I changed both. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I need to say something though, because what's stress? Azat. It's a hormone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, for sure. So for sure. stress is our first kind of answer. Like red flag, you know, it's exactly. like, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't, we never kind of evaluate how that affects our overall mm-hmm. endocrine hormonal body. Exactly. And like the homeostasis within us and exactly. everything. Exactly. So like you mentioned the hair and then like the water retention, the weight. I was like, I had, I spoke to you guys before. I was someone that would yo-yo in weight, if you know what I mean. Like if I decide I'm going to lose two kilos, I will lose two kilos quickly and easily. And my mom was like, you better enjoy it now because the older you get, you're not going to keep it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I you know. know. I'm sure everyone's like, everyone's parental mother figure has said that sometime. And I was like, I see if I'm going to remain like this forever. Mm-hmm. And I put on a few kilos, which I don't really care about, to be honest with you. But certain clothes stopped fitting me. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let me. And I just bought these clothes and I was like, I want to wear them. <laughs> like, let me just lose them just to fit back into my clothes. And I was like, I'm finding this really hard. Why is this so hard? It's never been so difficult like just eating healthy and not, not going on any crazy diet star just mm-hmm. but aha like honestly i think we just need to raise awareness like okay it's not medical but aha your body is more happening. likely to happen yeah. like it's it's likely for you to actually experience it and mm-hmm. why not have it out there why not be able to say i went through it uh, i did this this and this and maybe like you mentioned research my main area of field of is research and I can tell you that in research in general is very scarce, let alone something that is not a medical term. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as women, we can have our own research, so to speak. So what I passed through, what you passed through, what everyone passed through is us going through, like we're researching about our bodies. Exactly. If we come together, like put all the cards on the table, like you did this, you did that, you did that. And we just have a conversation about it and like come to the conclusion of what I did. Maybe it can help you. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're all different. but. Exactly. I think it can really make a difference at the end of the day. I agree. And that's what we're doing today. Like at some point, we will also offer our own kind of coping mechanisms, what we kind of de- found that could help us. Um, so, yeah. So I'm happy to continue. Um, I'm Mariah. I have a very long and interesting journey with my hormones, which I think we could be recording for hours and hours if we we wanted to go into that. But I'd like to keep it a little bit short just to keep the listeners a bit entertained. Um, I too experienced all the symptoms that you were talking about. Um, On top of that, however, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. So for me, something not going right was multiplied by 100 because my brain just had an, its own chemical imbalance that it was going through. So I truly, my hair thinning got so, so bad that I used to do a hair treatment in London for two years. I treated my hair because, firstly, because I had the diagnosis that I have clinical depression and anxiety, everyone would easily just push that as the agenda for any symptom that I felt, whether it was Mm -hmm. gut issues, whether it was acne, whether it was hair thinning, whether it was my body aching out of nowhere, then they would move it into the the diagnosis of chronic and immune. However, nobody looked into my nervous system and nobody looked into whether or not I was managing my stress in a way that was effective and optimal for my body to Mm -hmm. thrive. 
So along my journey, um, I've studied the body. It's fascinating. I think every human body is just a unique specimen on its own. Um, and I've been studying myself over these past, I would say, 15, 18 years to understand exactly what it means when my body is communicating with me. And the medical model is very simple, as Sasha said. You feel this, you take this to hide that away. But in truth, spiritually, what is happening? Our bodies are so much smarter than the mind. The mind is very smart. It's a very impressive, beautiful organ that holds all our memories, holds our emotions. Our limbic brain is there to feel the emotions. It's a very beautiful organ. However, it's in the past. It's not in the present moment because in the present moment, there's no mind. There's nothing happening up there. So I found that because I was severely under stress and I was severely under stressed because later on in my journey, I found out that my mind had been suppressing and repressing childhood trauma that literally I had no idea happened to me till the moment I turned 25 and I went clean of all the medication that they had prescribed to me. And that traumatic event, which was a T-trauma for people that have studied trauma, including sexual abuse, happened to me when I was a child. And what did that do? It dysregulated my nervous system so deeply that my body, every single moment of the day, felt like it was being chased by a lion. Mm -hmm. I was stuck in survival mode my whole life. So rest wasn't available to me. I was an overproducer. I had the busiest schedule you could ever imagine. I... Got, I was an overachiever. I was a perfectionist. I was running away from actually being with my trauma, my trauma and my stress. Mm -hmm. So the moment I went on my spiritual journey, which again, I, I never say I started my spiritual journey on this day because we are human beings having a spiritual experience and we're always in a spiritual experience, whether we know it or not. But the moment it all clicked in my head that these doctors aren't understanding me. They don't know what they're saying. This didn't feel like truth in my body. You know, all these labels being pushed onto me. And yet I still felt that there was a hole inside of me that nobody could understand. And I think that is the issue with hormonal imbalance is that there's such limited empathy within the medical model because it's so misunderstood and not researched enough that... You go to doctors, you see doctors, you see all these different specialists. Why? Because in the medical field, the body is seen as segments, not as a whole system. So you go through, you go to the neurologist, you go to the endocrine specialist, you go to the, the gynae, you go to... And everyone is saying different things and giving you different diagnosis, diagnoses and feeding you with these medications that are only pushing you away from actually listening to your body from actually taking the time to regulate yourself, to breathe and give oxygen to the brain, to sit in silence and actually let your body tell you, what is this trying to show me? And it's not only about that. And then we go into trusting the body because we've never done that before. Mm -hmm. We've always trusted the brain. We've always trusted the mind. So that's why I believe that science in a way is flawed because we're not just the mind. And we're not just the body. We are aware in many, many now ancient civilizations that there is something so much bigger than us and that it lives inside of us because we have a beating heart. So as soon as you combine the fact that, that there is something greater out there than us, 
you can actually learn how to trust yourself mm-hmm. and to trust that inner knowing that that isn't coming from the mind and from your past, but it's actually innate wisdom that we need to learn how to listen to, especially as women, as the feminine energy, where we are the creator of life. We have that consciousness inside of our womb. And yet we've been through so many traumatic events because life has become so stimulated and traumatic mm-hmm. that we have be- created all this distance and we trust everything externally first before we trust ourselves. And that's why I do the work that I do because I believe that the, num- the only way to find the root cause is for you to find the root cause. Mm-hmm. There's it's no such journey. thing as a healer. You are your own healer. The moment you trust yourself and you start to carry out these changes and you start to do the research on your body and you say, wow, this really works. Wow, this really works. And you start talking to people. You know, me and Sasha had this conversation first time five years ago out of nowhere. And we found so many similar elements to our journey so the moment you start talking the moment you raise your consciousness to this new awareness that there is something we can look into that isn't Mm -hmm. just the medical model we can actually start to find answers i agree i agree and i would just like to add on that kind of model it harbors this connection from us from the source from nature from everything watching rhythm exactly exactly our cycle the way that our cycle can can actually be connected to the moon um why let's, let's year, explain that let's explain that because it's important because a lot of people would be like my cycle it's connected to the moon i think it's important <laughs> to to explain that so it's actually a quantum physics so <laughs> um it's very important to understand that we are just a bunch of atoms vibrating mm-hmm. together this isn't new news now thankfully that we are actually energetic beings and our voice has an energy our body our emotions our thoughts create an electromagnetic field and we know that our energy is connected to higher conscious energy which is energy the moon is considered as an energetic cycle and we know that the moment we're born there is an energetic pull there's a gravitational pull Mm -hmm. And in that gravitational pull, because of the release of water in the uterus in the womb, it's released. We are connected with the natural rhythm of what is happening above above us and around us. The moon has 27 days mm-hmm. as a cycle. The female has 27 days. So exactly. it's really important to know that, because people can call it astrology, right? Because it's But astrology is actually very advanced mathematics. mathematics. It's not just woo-woo spiritual talk. It's mm-hmm. the fact that a woman's body goes through different phases every day. Our hormonal bodies are different. So how can we hold a routine that is telling us that we must be in an office Monday to Friday from nine to five, that we must be exactly the same every single day, having the same amount of energy, the same amount of emotions, the same amount of thought processes, the same amount Fact, of creativity? Might I add, the actual working system is designed for males. It's a because their hormone system. cycle is, 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 I'm not sure More if it's 24 similar. hours or 18 hours, but they basically basically go 24 so they basically go through their entire hormone cycle in one day whereas we take the 27 days exactly we have four different phases in a whole month and why doesn't anyone know about this why do you go to the gynae why did i go to every single gynecologist in malta i shit you not i don't know if i can say that yeah you can (laughs) i've seen every doctor out there 
why did I have to learn that on my own? Yeah. How did nobody educate me on my own cycle so that I can rest at the times when my body's going through too much mm -hmm. so that I can eat appropriately because food is energy, food is medicine. The earth knows what to produce to heal us. Why? Why did I have to find that out on my own when I spent all that money, chased so many doctors and all they told me is your only solution is the contraceptive pill or the coil? And on that, because I mentioned it before, I actually got off birth control this year. And this is what prompted all of these changes for me. But I believe that these changes were meant to happen. They were just being suppressed because the birth control suppresses our natural sure. cycle. Because what we were saying previously, you got off it this year. I'm still on the birth control. We still experienced the same thing. Mm -hmm. You got the hormonal outbreak. I didn't because my hormones are suppressed. Exactly. exactly. It's being but controlled. I still got the hair loss, the weight gain, the water retention. So, okay, yes, the hormones are being controlled. But the body still does what it wants. Exactly. 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 It has its own There's, agency at the end of the day. Exactly. It has its own consciousness. Yeah. There's no medication out there that can block the natural process of the though. female body. It shouldn't. Like you said, medication masks what the body is trying to do. Like, okay, there are clinical terms. You can go into it a lot more, you know, depression, anxiety, whatnot. Yes, sometimes you need medical 100%. help. 100%. For sure, for 100%. sure. 100%. But I do strongly believe, and I study medicine, so I'm like, I should not be saying this, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But I do strongly believe that the body will always heal itself. Mm -hmm. Always. If we let it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 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 Thank you. Exactly. In fact, you've you been a it. bit quiet there. So <laughs> I'm just I, like observing. I haven't forgotten about you. What what do you understand by this term? How has it been like for you? To be honest, I've always struggled with hormones, like hormonal imbalances myself. Um I was as Mariah said, I can relate to you in the fact that I was clinically diagnosed with anxiety and depression at a very young age. I was around 12 or 13. And obviously the chemical imbalance of certain like, like serotonin, dopamine and what have you comes along with the chemical imbalances of your hormones as well. So you have like serotonin and dopamine are neurochemicals mm -hmm. so to speak as such but then you have like progesterone estrogen which are reproductive chemicals and hormones um so i think they played they kind of interacted a lot with each other and my clinical diagnosis within mental health was actually misunderstood and there was like more to it um so after that i went to the gynecologist when i was 14 because of i had a lot of acne natural puberty changes you know um I was given the pill to suppress the acne because to keep up with the beauty standard at that age you know you want to fit in with your friends you have all that like expectation of oh I'm growing up I'm becoming a woman I have to look like this I have to mm -hmm. do this so I was like okay this is going to take away my acne and whatever and I also suffered a lot with a lot of hair growth so I was always quite hairy when I was a younger girl and it used to make me feel very manly and out of place with my girlfriends um, and the pill in fact did help that it stopped the acne it stopped the cramps it stopped the heavy bleeding that I used to deal with stopped the hair growth to a certain extent um, but I always felt there was something not right as you said like even though I had certain labels to give it and medications, there was always something that was misunderstood, but mm -hmm. I knew it inside, but I was 
misunderstanding myself as well. I mean, when we're young, we're not really educated so much. Like, okay, we learn about the menstruation cycle. We learn about the hormones very, 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 like, very Learn little, the science yeah. of it, yeah. but we don't learn how it actually impacts our body and interacts with all the other <laughs> intricate systems like yeah. our said, body has. Like separate systems. And they're taught yeah. to exactly. us as separate systems. Exactly. exactly. Until yeah. eventually you research yourself and you're like, oh, everything is a puzzle. Like, yeah, it fits body. together. Yeah, not like exactly. Separate ones. Exactly. And... So I started my journey towards, I remember telling my boyfriend sort of, I want to stop the pill. And he was like, are you sure it really helped you? Whatever. I was like, as much as it helps, I also feel I was at a time where I was becoming more spiritually aware and opening my mind a lot more growing up as a young woman. And I said, like, something isn't right. Like my body isn't doing its thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let it. I'm going to go off the pill. It was really difficult because you were like you've been on it I've had been on it from 14 to around 18 19 so I was like what's going to happen young age, eh, to be placed on the pill like 14, 14 and not... before you said Can you I were please? even younger <laughs> I was uh, 11 verging on 12 My when I was God. prescribed the contraceptive something around that age oh why my man and I'm still on it so uh-huh it's bizarre honestly it's, it's bizarre it is um but yeah, after that, obviously comes the fear of, okay, so what's going to happen now? After all of these years taking this pill, what is my body going to do? Mm-hmm. And it's scary. Like. It is. So so exactly the reason why I'm not off it. Mm-hmm. Like my family, not to steal away from you, I'm like, oh. please continue. <laughs> no, it's okay. But my family were like, listen, you're like, you have a deadline at the moment. I'm trying to finalize my master's. Like, finish that. And then let your body mm-hmm. do its thing, which mm-hmm. I very much respect. I will probably take that route I just agree. to not add <laughs> on intentions. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Intense. scary because it's scary. you're so used to a rhythm. Like you mm-hmm. created this fake system. Like you're masking what your body should do. And then all of a sudden you're going to take it away. And you're like, yeah. what's going to happen? Uh, and that's very exactly. interesting because why is it scary? It's because we live in a society that doesn't teach us about change. Mm-hmm. We live in a society... <laughs> That literally, yeah. you know, that expects us all to be the same, all to be in one box. It's all a factory to worker mentality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When in reality, we know medically that the body is constantly changing. We know that mentally the brain is also constantly evolving and growing. And spiritually, it can't be. We all learn new information every day. You know, whether you speak to someone, whether it's a light, a sound, it's still energy and information. Mm-hmm. So this whole concept of being afraid of fear of change is coming from us actually resisting the natural flow of life because mm-hmm. there is nothing around us in nature that, that doesn't, doesn't change, change. Every, exactly. every moment. Change, change is, the is the only constant. constant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. God, no. And yet we're here as human beings well, petrified of it's like so intrinsic. It's completely rooted within us. Like genuinely, <laughs> you try your best to not be afraid of change and it like eats you. And you physically, like, you have to be so in tune with your body to not allow it to happen. Like, and let's talk about what change is. Change is our capacity to not know what's going to happen next, which is away from the mind, because the mind is there to protect us. And in order to protect us, it has to know what's going to happen. So again, there needs to be a shift where the mind isn't the only organ that's running the show. Mm -hmm. And we're actually checking in with the body and the heart and how it's reacting to the and the connection, eh? Mm-hmm. Our connection to each other, ourselves, nature, 
the different parts of our bodies are all connected. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about connection. The connection, the knowledge, like you were saying, like, I doubt people who don't have any scientific background know the difference between the hormones. Not that you need to stay knowing, like, science and all of these things. It's a basic concept. But you should really know how your body works. Like, why did I wake up with a headache today? You know what I mean? Like, Because you're dehydrated, most probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Definitely dehydration. Some empowering shade for you. (laughs) But it's not only you. It's like 99.9% of the people I speak to is like, just drink more water and you're going to be okay. I know, right? How do you find out the dehydration? Because you start drinking more water, not because like you can go yeah. do a test. You yeah. know what I mean? So like this whole medical... Yeah. You don't need lot to of be medical is, uh, to just know about your exactly. body. But exactly. that medical is our disconnection to ourselves, our lack of trust within ourselves because it's like, okay, I'm giving you my power away. It's like you're a doctor, you spent eight years studying medicine. I trust you more than I trust my own body. <laughs> I don't know if like the camera crazy. is getting this, but isn't that, you know... That's scary to say, I trust you more than me and my own body. Why? Because I'm so unfamiliar with sitting with myself and getting to know myself and actually trusting my body because I live in a society that's more masculine dominated, Mm -hmm. more the same every day. That when I tell people, oh, because today I need to rest, I don't need to do... I don't like, need to teach, you know, I've cancelled on private, I've, cl- I've cancelled classes, I've cancelled private clients, I've cancelled everything in order for me to listen to my body and rest. But it's still stigmatized, eh? Of course, <laughs> and you will be judged for it, Issa. Of course. I mean, as someone who only recently, and I'm still adjusting to this massive, massive change in my life, I recently abandoned the whole full-time working system and went into freelance you feel judged for taking your life slower literally yes but why are people judging you because they're judging because they're jealous they don't understand exactly because they're judging themselves for not breaking the system and we've all been conditioned to perform in the system but you are showing them something that they didn't know within themselves was possible so they're automatically going to resist it makes them uncomfortable it changed it changed because we all know we can create whatever we want in our lives Mm -hmm. if i want to say i'm going to switch off my phone for a week and go in the middle of nowhere and camp no one's going to tell me no Mm -hmm. i have the power to do that Mm -hmm. it's us judging ourselves what are people going to think how are people going to perceive me am i going to make money how am i going to be professional like this but this isn't the way people do it that what does that what does that happen we're automatically not listening to our own intuition we're not trusting ourselves and that's when the symptoms start exactly full circle right there (laughs) exactly the final manifestation is in the physical body your body would have been showing you for months whether it's headaches whether it's lack of sleep whether it's you not being able to focus whether it's weight gain weight loss physical pain i deal with physical chronic pain all the time people come to me all the time oh my god i have this pain in my back i have this pain in my shoulders the first thing i ask them what are you carrying that isn't yours because it's all energetic Mm -hmm. when you look at the body as an energetic system and you start to feel and see things as energy is this in an alignment with who I am and who I wish to be? No. Okay, bye. Move it, exactly. <laughs> bye. And that comes when we truly start to trust ourselves, which is scary because of our... Though. So, okay, so it's scary because of the system. But even if the system was right, it's physically difficult. 
But that's why practice. I mean, you don't go yes, to the yes. gym once and build a bicep like this. This is what I tell everyone. You have to you have to keep going. You have to be so intentional with where you are going and who you are trying to become that in each and every moment, we have a choice. We have free will. That's why we're at the top of the food chain. That's why, you know, we're the, the beings that are controlling the world because we are actively choosing things we are the, our past selves yesterday we have been the accumulative the accumulation of all our choices so if you take a conscious moment in everything you do and you say okay what am i choosing here mm-hmm. so what am i choice. choosing to be more mentally aware like of everything i like to call it spiritually aware because mentally yes the mind plays a big role because the mind if the mind is dysregulated if the nervous system is dysregulated and the mind is in a state of stress then you're not going to reach these states of being able to catch yourself from unconscious to make it conscious but the most important thing is to first of all take responsibility for your life mm-hmm that there is nothing externally in this lifetime that is you. going to ever give you answers, that's not going to ever give you happiness, that's not ever going to love you enough mm-hmm. more than you can ever love yourself. It's all, you know, this externalization. And instead, turn your gaze inwards and start asking those difficult questions of, why am I choosing this? Mm-hmm. Is it because I chose this a week ago or because my mom used to choose this or because my nana used to choose this? Because the system tells you to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or am I choosing this because it's truly in alignment with who I wish to become? And I think all of us wish to be less stressed, more calm, more relaxed, more in tune with nature, more in tune with our bodies. Like I think this is intrinsic in all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's like being fought, like, phys- like we fight it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Like, why does our body tell us, like, my body tells me so frequently, like, listen, you need to calm down. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't keep going at 100 miles an hour. You're going to hit, like, a wall at a point. To the extent that last year, I was sick for a whole month. (laughs) I was about to say, till the point you get sick. A whole month. Uh An entire month, ta. I've been sick every single month this year. So I had literally fever for a week. Mm -hmm. If that's not your body telling you to slow the fuck down. I don't no. know what is. But yeah. it would have been telling you to slow yeah, down. Mela, but you oh, that's ignore the it. You ignore it. Why? Because I have to go to work tomorrow. Because my boss will really get mad if I don't go to work. I don't have sick leave. I don't have leave. It's unpaid. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. You know what I mean? There's a lot of also um, conditioning of thinking worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like I had to really throughout my journey break that up and be like, okay. I see that my parents think worst case scenario all the time. That is not really serving them because they're not very happy. They're not, you know, living life to the way I would like to live my life. And instead, what if I think best case scenario? Okay, if I call in sick, my boss is actually going to congratulate me for listening to my body. He's going to realize that I did this as a best decision for both of us. Because if I'm at work and I'm not feeling well, I'm not really at work. Because you you can find employers that would expect you to come to the office even when you're dying sick and still be resentful towards you if you decide to to say, I can't do this anymore, I have to go home. Okay, but I have to be the person to tell you that you should never be giving your energy to somebody like that and that there are many, many choices and infinite possibilities that you can create for yourself. You have to believe as well, believe, understand that there are many people that don't believe what you just said. But I didn't believe what I just said either. Five years ago, I went on this journey Mm. to look into my beliefs Mm -hmm. and how those serve me and how those have been serving my illnesses. I've met so many people that are so like stuck in the box and they think that this is the only job I will ever find. This is the only employer I will ever find. Like, this is the only thing I can do with my life. Like, But that is them operating out of a state of fear. I exactly. Mean, yeah, exactly. But like, you need to just 
let your life take its course. I really believe that what needs to happen will happen. You can fight it and you can go against it and you can do anything. What needs to happen will happen. Mm-hmm. Like this, I don't jail it. Forget mm-hmm. it. Forget it. That's also the mind, right? You can think about every solution in the book. But you're not going to think of all of them. So you might as well not think about anything and trust that in that moment, you're going to know what to do. So I want to go back to to these kind of changes because we we could branch out and and discuss for literal hours. I truly believe that this podcast can be a four-hour one if if, if we really want to go off until midnight. (laughs) So with your own experiences, maybe... For those of us, for those watching who maybe haven't experienced this yet, maybe they would like some kind of more explanation. How long can this go on? What can help it? How did you notice your body and your mind changing? If there is something which you haven't mentioned yet during this time. To be honest, for me, like it was after I got off the pill where it was... Like, I remember telling my mother, I was around 18, and she told me, let's go buy bras. And I told her, I don't think I should yet because I feel like my boobs are going to grow. And she told me, what do you mean you feel like they're going to grow? You've been through puberty, sort of. And I I just had this feeling like, I think it's going to happen, though. Like, I didn't know. There was no mental, like, or physical explanation. It was just like, it's going to happen. And it did. Mm -hmm. I grew two sizes bigger. So thank God I didn't spend money on bras for nothing. And I just remember, like, when they grew, I was like, wow, I was right. Like, I knew it. And a lot of other changes, like you mentioned, the hair thinning. And I suffered a lot with, like, hair growth on my neck, which led to its own issues mentally, of course, Mm -hmm. like insecurity and self-esteem issues. Then I realized how normal it is. And the pill was obviously suppressing that hair growth. And I was losing hair from my head growing hair on my neck and I was like what is going on but my body was literally saying like look you've suppressed me for all these years now I'm taking the rain sort of but it was a very intuitive feeling there was no explanation to it it was just like changes are coming they're just gonna happen and even the weight gain and not being able to lose weight it's like you all mentioned nearly it was quite tough but even like when you take the pill, you say like, um, I'm not going to have my period. I'm not going to bleed as much anymore, which at a young age, you're like, oh, like it's a relief. Mm-hmm. But when I got my bleeding back, obviously it was a change to adjust to again from going to no blood nearly mm-hmm. to all of that bleeding again. But I felt so good that I was like, OK, my body's coming back. Like yeah. it's doing its it thing again. And then when I connected more to myself, um even learning more about the feminine, like you've helped me a lot, Mariah, with this, but the divine feminine and how these cycles, like our menstrual cycles, just they're magical, you know? And we should honor them. Exactly. And the pill doesn't honor them, you know? So when you're finally off of it, you start to realize. And I mean, I got off of it around 18, 19. So I was like nearly a young you are right now 21 right because I think I didn't mention that before so it's it's been around two years Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah I realized like okay the bleeding is amazing now like okay I still complain I'm like oh I'm in so much pain and whatever but I'm so happy that it's back Mm -hmm. and that I can actually 
feel my body speaking to me because I feel like the pill along with medications that I had to take for my mental health. And when you're sick, you take antibiotics and all of these things, they suppress all of those symptoms at once. Mm -hmm. That's when you're not taking any medications, your body's just trying to find a state of homeostasis, which is like balancing in the body chemicals, but even in other systems that it's a whole, it wreaks havoc on your mental health as well, just as much as your physical, which you don't really learn how to navigate. So we're all left to our own devices. So it's over go, as Mariah mentioned before, to all these doctors and we give our trust away. And then you're just left with no answers. And you're like, but what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> there's something happening. All these doctors are like, personally, I got a colonoscopy last year. I went to see so many doctors. I was diagnosed with IBS. And I was just like, but it can't be. There's something Deeper. You just know it. Eh? Uh-huh, you feel it like, yeah. and it's so deep that it, I think, manifests a lot mentally as well to the point where you start saying, Oh, these doctors don't care about me, or my friends don't care about yeah, me because you you're misunderstood. Exactly, yeah. which I feel like all of us go through. We just don't say it because we're ashamed to say, No one cares about me, for example. Yeah. And the lack of validation when being misunderstood exactly. is pointed towards, am I crazy? Exactly. Yes, exactly. I was about to like, say, am I crazy for going really? against all these doctors? Yeah. Because exactly. obviously you're not the specialist. Exactly. Yeah. So what they tell you is holy Bible, like whatever exactly. they said goes. And it's and quite like, culture as well. But but no, man, like yes. my body is saying something else. Like, yeah. well, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like you can give me all the medication and my body is like, no, yeah. it wants to break through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That feeling of feeling yeah. crazy. That is something yeah. that was my biggest symptom um, through mm-hmm. my my journey because, you know, yes, anxiety and depression are very real. I was also diagnosed with bipolar, which is, you know, the extreme of emotions going from feeling extremely happy to then feeling extremely depressed and wanting to kill yourself. Um, I don't think I've ever said this to many people, except for my students and the people that I share space with. But my biggest symptom was this biggest, this just like unexplainable feeling of numbness in my body. So much so that I tried to commit suicide three times because I just needed to feel something. You know, I needed to know that I'm still alive alive and functioning. You know, I used to go to therapy and I used to, I I went to therapy for 15 years. I'm not going to shit on psychology because psychology is a very important field. We need to know the study of the brain. However, do I believe psychology is flawed? 100% because the brain is also connected to the body. So why aren't we analyzing trauma on the physical Mm -hmm. element? Because that would have helped me a lot if I actually connected the trauma to my mind. Anyway. Um, I used to tell, I used to rant and be like, because this happened and this happened. And then she used to tell me, but how do you feel about it? We don't know. And I used to cry my eyes out and I used to tell her, teach me how to feel. And this is something that is so common in the people that I teach now, because mm-hmm. we're not taught how to feel. We're taught how to run away from that feeling, mm-hmm. which again combines, you know, the lack of trust in our body, the externalization. But I think for me, the biggest symptom throughout this whole hormonal journey is feeling that I'm crazy, feeling that I'm alone, feeling that nobody's here to understand me and I'm just here swimming in the ocean and just drowning, going up, drowning, going up and not understanding and having kind of understanding of my own body. Mm-hmm. And that can create havoc on its own. Yeah. 
in the homeostasis of the body yeah. because when we're not understood, we're not supported. And we know many scientists have proved that community is one of the most healing elements to be able to talk to someone and someone looks at you and tells you, I understand you because I have had a similar experience. It's possibly more healing than any medication we can take. For sure. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. For sure, for sure. And that's exactly the space I hold with people now is I I actually organize women's circles now where we get together. It's a donation-based activity. I'm not there to provide advice, but we actually sit down in a circle and we just share our stories as Mm -hmm. women. And for me, that has been some of the most healing work I've ever done is actually tapping back into my feminine energy because what are we taught through this hormonal imbalance that first of all, we're isolating because nobody understands us. And secondly, we're taught that women are competition, not sisters. Mm-hmm. Big oh one. Oh my goodness. Big one. <laughs> Pandora's box. Like. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So as soon as, you know, I'm going to show you my weakness. Then it's like I can use it against, against, against me. Exactly. When it shouldn't be the case. Not at all, because we're all, you know, going, going through, through the, the same, same thing. Things. Literally. Literally. Like linking the second puberty thing along and these hormonal imbalances. Like... I'm nobody to give advice. Like I have, what do I have? Just experience. Like, mm. but I think, like as women, whenever you feel changes in your body, just listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like, take a second. Take a second. Take ten seconds. How many you want? Like, just sit and listen to your body and, and write it down. Yeah. Let it do what it needs to do. Like, okay, if you're feeling like really, really bad, go to a doctor. I'm not saying you don't go to a doctor. But again, that could be coming from the... It could be psychosomatic because For you're sure, in such really. a state of fear sure. of what mm-hmm. is happening. Why is no one understanding sure. me? I'm sick, but nobody knows that I'm sick. What if I die? What if it's cancer? What if it's this? <laughs> We've yeah, all yeah. had these thoughts, I'm I, sure. <laughs> I was literally diagnosed as a hypochondriac recently, like last <laughs> year because of that. Because every day I was like... I have this feeling that I'm about to die. And it was really silly. And every time I told someone, they were like, what do you mean you're about to die? And I was always searching these symptoms and all these things, <laughs> joint pain, acne, like what have one, you, anything. One thing I would say about that, I used to think I was a hypochondriac when uh, it was actually the first time I came on this show when I was still a guest. I spoke about how at 19 years of age, they found a 33 centimeter ovarian cyst connected to my ovary. I was misdiagnosed for two years. So I would like to take a moment here to address all women. When you feel that something is wrong with your body, listen to it. I'm adding on to what you've been saying. Listen to it. And if you go to a doctor, because some things they have to be handled medically, this had to be removed through surgery. I couldn't do anything else. If you go to a doctor and you feel that you are not content with the diagnosis or the explanation, Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't even bother, honestly. They just kind of brush it off. Go and get more opinions. I'm not saying a second opinion. I'm saying third, fourth, fifth, until that gut feeling is satisfied. satisfied. And at the end of the day, through that, you are showing your body that you care about it, you care about what it's trying mm-hmm. to tell you. That is so, so, so important. Couldn't agree more, honestly. So important. I would actually add not only like seek medical advice, but also talk about it. Exactly. And this has happened to me recently. I was talking about this outside. Um, I've been dealing with a urine infection, which has really? had 
I found out about mine because I spoke to women in my exactly, community. Exactly. I spoke to my grandma, I spoke to my mother-in-law and they, my grandmother diagnosed me before the doctor. She told me, you have cystitis. I was like, as if nana. And I went to the doctor and I like did proper tests and whatever. That's exactly what it was. I went to urologist, gynees. I've been, I've taken three boxes of antibiotics. Nothing healed it. A friend of mine recommended a biochemist, not a medical professional, technically a biochemist, that is a holistic practitioner. Mm -hmm. He is the person through supplements and through diet that completely balanced out my pH Mm -hmm. level in my urine. So it's not only seek medical advice because then that can count into desperation. But actually when you're setting the intention that I am going to keep pushing, I'm not going to give up, I'm going to keep listening to myself, automatically the universe is going to send you the people Mm. you need to speak to, Mm -hmm. the conversations you need to have, the situations you need to experience for you to see that the answers are always all around you. And they are inside of us, Mm -hmm. always there. For sure. Why? Because people are mirrors. So if you're telling me your experience, through you, I'm learning more about myself. Exactly. And that is why we do this. I'm sitting here. I'm so (laughs) proud of all of you right now. Like, honestly. It's actually so crazy. Wow. Wow. Such a powerful show already and we're not even halfway through. (laughs) Andrea, I want to go back to you a bit. Um, So we have well established that such changes can have a massive strain on someone's mental health. Speaking personally, when I started witnessing my body changing and not finding much explanation for it, I started to kind of build up this kind of um self-loathing self-hate you know a lot of a lot of negative Mm -hmm. self-talk every time I look in the mirror my mind just kind of has to tell me what's wrong or 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 it to the point that it was driving me mad so it can be very frustrating to see your body changing you are not finding any explanation you don't know what's happening no one can tell you what's happening so as a psychology student and also a mental health advocate, how do you perceive these emotional and mental health aspects associated with these hormonal changes? And what impact do you think they can have on a woman's mental health being? Well, um, first, I just want to say that what you went through, I know it was probably very difficult. It was also very normal in the sense that as we've been saying no one teaches you how to adapt to change especially Mm -hmm. since society gives us all these like beauty standards ideals products marketing for anti-aging creams and all this bullshit like it's something that we're not taught on a physical social emotional psychological level which in my studies we've really combined it all. And before you were saying how psychology is flawed, and I agree, I think a lot of these fields have their flaws, but now recently I feel like psychology has been accepting more that the body is holistic, you know, and there are so many intertwining and interacting factors. Um, One thing I want to point out, which I think is always good to start at the basis of like biological level, because it, there are changes that happen in all of us, men and women. So it's, I think, really important to start there where at these ages, as going through second puberty from 20s, 30s, 40s, there's a lot of change happening in the brain. A lot of regions are still growing. Like there are two main regions in the brain that don't stop growing and maturing until we're like mid-20s, 
which not many people know about. I mean, they tell you like puberty stops at 18 or this and whatever. I personally believe puberty will keep going till we're very old because puberty to me is just change. 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 Literally, it's not just the changes, no. the, in, the initial changes of becoming a woman or becoming a man. It's the way your body changes on every type of level. So I think maybe we could find a better name for puberty, <laughs> like second puberty. But um, we could be, uh, um, uh, this, this could be history something. in the making. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this could be history in the making. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but it's really important because when these regions in our brains are still maturing, there's obviously a lot of release of chemicals, hormonal and also neurochemicals that interact with each other, cause changes in the body. Obviously, everything in your brain has like a mission, you know, mm -hmm. that triggers and like go somewhere in your body and not many people are aware of this I wasn't aware of it until I actually studied it in my unit at it's university really and it really helped me understand myself and to understand like, what's actually happening um so you have that which obviously then you see the physical changes because these hormones trigger like bigger breasts even after puberty like, as I said before, although my puberty was ready by the time I stopped the pill, my boobs grew still. Mm -hmm. Why? Because these hormones are going to keep being triggered until they reach a sort of mature state, which I don't believe will ever reach an end state, really. Because um, then the body also moves into other phases of change, exactly. such as perimenopause. That's menopause. what I was about to say. Like, in my research, I gathered that perimenopause is the second puberty for women in their 30s and menopause is the second puberty for women in their 50s mm -hmm. like late 40s late 50s exactly, exactly. but then where's the second pu where's the word for second puberty in your 20s mm -hmm. that like i mean there's as i said before there's so many like factors that interact which is also really important to mention the psychosocial aspect which combines psychological and social aspects of um the way our bodies work and there's this one theory and it's a theory at the end of the day so it's not like anything concrete but it's a psychosocial theory of development for men and women as well I'm saying here that we go through these certain stages in life they all have their names and girls or boys when they're adolescents go through a stage of identity versus role confusion where obviously we're finding our identities as women we have like all these new roles like who am I am I a daughter am I a friend am I a student or am I a woman like who am I you know no one teaches you that you sort of navigate it on your own and then you go to the other stage which is intimacy versus isolation into your 20s to like late 30s which obviously, if you didn't succeed in the stage before where you gathered like a healthy identity with mm -hmm. yourself and established your social role or even just your role in the world, you know, you're going to suffer when it comes to intimate relationships with yourself, with sexual partners, with friends, any type of relationship you're going to have. And as well, you could isolate yourself if you fail at this stage. Um, which obviously leads to its own mental struggles, as I'm sure we've all felt isolated. And anyone listening, I'm sure we've all felt this feeling of isolation, loneliness, feeling alone. So this is why I really like this theory, because it actually really like, okay, he's 
his, the psychologist is splitting like our lives into parts, but it really makes sense that we we go through transitions, you know, as our bodies go through transitions biologically, chemically, physically, on a social level, they these all these, all these things interact. So as your brain grows, you start developing like, okay, what's my role? Like they all interact, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I also want to mention the importance that during our second puberty as women, 20s, 30s are the times where we usually start to like start settling down. Not everyone, obviously, but that's the intimacy versus isolation aspect. Um, so then obviously it comes the reproductive challenges that women face that there is awareness of, but aren't spoken about enough where if a woman is trying to get pregnant, for example, and she's having fertility issues, that causes so much mental stress, you know, that, I mean, you're having this second puberty, you're seeing all these changes, all of these social changes happening, biological changes, hormonal changes, and you don't get a break. I'm I'm saying, like, men don't get a break as well, don't get me wrong, but women on a hormonal level with all of these happening, you're finding your career, you're finding where you fit into the world, you're finding how your body works, your relationship with your body is just very stressful. And I also want to say that women are already biologically exposed to suffer with clinical depression more than men just because of the hormonal fluctuations we're constantly going in. As we mentioned before, men move on a 24-hour cycle and hours are always changing every single day. And then you have the stigma of, oh, women are crazy. Women are too sensitive. (laughs) So it's stigmatized and it creates shame. And then you go to the doctor and he tells you, this is normal. And you're like, it's normal normal. in society, but it shouldn't be normal. So then there's more shame, more fear, hypochondria, paranoia, stress, anxiety, and then stress, as we mentioned before. I really want to talk about it. <laughs> I like, want to add on to your thing yeah. about like pregnancy and these things. Because like when we're going through the second puberty, like you mentioned, most people would be settling down, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to maybe like buy a house, like have a, a settled career. Stability. Like, stability. People mm-hmm. are looking for it. And like, it's not scientifically proven but it's a fact, like I can vouch for it. The more you try to do something, the less likely it is to happen. So mm. pregnancy, like through like people I've spoken to, the more you are dead set on, I'm ovulating right now, we have to like conceive and I have to have a baby right now. I'm sorry for whoever is listening, that's not the way the world works. Your body, will provide what it wants to provide when it will provide. And I'm talking from the medical point of view. So yes, you're ovulating within like a three-day time span. The sperm lives for five days, three days within you. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. go and conceive at that time. But you could have everything right. You could check your pH levels. You could check your temperature. You could check everything. And everything could be going right. Like your partner could have the best sperm count, whatever. If your body is not ready, give it time. There is no day to be pregnant. There is no time. Like, okay, yes. Like, I have this problem internally. Like, I'm being really, really 
<laughs> I think we all have these fears though of yes. infertility oh, and the problem is that biologically your fertility halves at age 30 it's a fact like yep. you can't go against it so it causes fear of course because people who want to have kids tell you I have to have kids before 30 because after 30 it's harder mm. fact it's more difficult biologically not impossible but if you already have the mindset of it being more difficult you will make it more difficult. Can I talk about that? Yes. Because then the spirituality element can really tie into this. And before you go into that, just because... um, Time. (laughs) Time is already very limited. (laughs) Such an illusion. And I want you all to have had the time to kind of say what you need to say. In fact, I was going to turn to you to ask you. We've already discussed having a more holistic approach. So I want to kind of continue going in that direction. How can all of the things that we've mentioned, the medical, the, the, the psychological, and also when it comes to the physical practices, how can we take a more holistic approach um, to understanding and managing these changes in women's lives? <laughs> A whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We should have just done parts, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so where are we going to begin? Uh, let me find a good starting point. So most important, I think, the key element is stay curious and educate yourself. That is the number one, awareness. The more awareness that you can build on this topic, the more connection you're going to find with yourself. And what am I talking about awareness? I'm talking about learn your cycle. Mm-hmm. Learn about your hormones. Learn about how your brain works just a little bit. You don't need to become a doctor, you know. There's a lot of resources out there. It's not about overwhelming yourself. It's about, you know, digesting this information as you need it, not learning, sitting down and saying, I'm going to learn everything about the human body today. No, no. Taking interest. Curiosity is a massive, massive one Huge. for me. I really Society. believe in it. Huge. We can't lose curiosity. Huge. Play. Yeah. Can't. Play. Yes. It's a play inside of us. Don't take yourself too seriously. You're not dying. Your body is very smart. It knows. You just need to quiet down the mind and actually take time to be with yourself mm-hmm. as you are. So unconditional love is coming up. You know, it's practicing non-judgment, which is one of the limbs of yoga, as you know. Um, practicing being more kinder with yourself. Yes, if you do panic, take a moment, breathe, and then say, It's normal for me to panic because I'm human. What is the best thing for me to do right now? Not panic. Why? Because I think it's important what you said, Julia. And even you, because it was triggering in my head. And they said something like, you know, we feel this shame. We feel this anger. We feel frustration. You were saying when we become obsessed, it doesn't happen even more. 100%. Because your thoughts create an emotion. Mm -hmm. Your emotion creates the energy inside of you. What you emit, you bring in. If you're going to say time and time again, I cannot get pregnant. You won't. And you have the emotion inside of you of fear, disappointment, shame and guilt. What's get, you're not going to get pregnant. Get it. Just the same as if you say, I'm not going to get healthy. I'm, I'm not going to heal. Literally. Yes. Literally. I'm sick. Never say you're sick. That's the best advice I can give you. Even if you feel mm-hmm. sick, say mm-hmm. I am healing. Exactly. Because I'm getting better every day. Exactly. Being more sick on this. More on this. Heal. I want you all to share... Um, what it is that helped you to support your body through this change. Like for me personally, practicing yoga, trying to connect with my reproductive and sexual organs, even through meditation, um, drinking lots of water to flush out toxins, movement, 
taking supplements, what is it that you can kind of provide as a piece of advice for women who may be struggling with these changes, hormonal, this kind of second puberty that we've been that we've been um, exploring? What is it that helped you? I think my very first start, to be honest, um, yes, was yoga. Med- I know you're going to talk about yoga, so I don't. I, I mean, I am a yoga therapist, but I'd rather you take the stage from someone that isn't an educator in yoga to talk about your experience. So I'd like to talk about the other things that have helped me. Um, I think journaling is one of the most powerful yeah. tools available to all of us. It's free. It's easy. You can do it anywhere, but it really provides a space for, firstly, your thoughts to release from your body and for you to become aware of your thought patterns and being like, oh my God, I wouldn't say that to my friend. Mm -hmm. Why am I saying that to myself? Number one, journaling. Connecting with yourself through journaling. Who am I? Asking yourself the big question through journaling. Um, I think that has been a tool that has been forever with me. It started in my therapy sessions and it's something I hold with me all throughout my journey. Not every day, but when I need it, I sit and I journal. Um, And I have to be the advocate for meditation because meditation is a superpower. If you are able to detach from your thoughts and to just be with yourself and not react to anything, isn't that a superpower? Definitely. Just the capacity for you to sit and observe your inner state without attaching to any story that your mind wants to tell you, without Mm -hmm. attaching to an emotion that is just moving through you. You are not your emotions. This capacity to just break the concept of time you know you I've sat in meditations for six hours five hours and they felt like 10 minutes you know this also to become more aware of what's actually happening internally you could Mm -hmm. literally I could literally feel my chemicals changing through meditation for example why because it's an energetic shift so the more and again I would love to deconstruct meditation really quickly because there is this misconception that meditation exactly which is simply sitting down and being still Um. exactly which is great but if you have anxiety there's no way your mind is going to take you there forget it you know how many times i've tried exactly forget it it. first regulate yourself take deep breaths do the Mm -hmm. yoga yoga is a form of meditation because if you're moving with your breath you cannot think because your mind is thinking about how to move with the breath and with the movement. There's too much happening for you to actually be in your thoughts. So find something that works for you. Be curious, explore, play. Mm -hmm. You could be not thinking about anything while you're cooking, while you're cleaning, while you're in the shower. You cannot tell me that there's something for you to do in the shower besides being present. I get it. You can read your shampoo bottles over and over again instead. (laughs) But it is such a beautiful opportunity for you to just say, I'm just going to be still. But I feel like people are afraid of being present by themselves. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. there isn't support and education, because they don't trust themselves, Mm -hmm. because they're externalizing all their problems and looking for solutions outside of them. And that's the spiritual model. And then that's why science can be seen as limited, because and then the spiritual model drives you back to you are a manifestation of the divine, whatever God, the universe, angels, higher selves, whatever, Jesus, Buddha, anything that resonates for you with you, it is an energy and you are made of that. So as soon as you stop taking yourself so seriously, disconnect, detach from all the things in your life, find that inner child inside of you and actually start to play instead of be serious about your life, everything is going to shift. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to shift. It could start with one thought. 
It doesn't have to be two hours of meditation or six hours of meditation. It can start by you sitting down and saying, today I want to be calm. So I'm just going to sit for five minutes and repeat, I am calm. I am calm. I am calm. And then all throughout the day, when you stop being calm, you stop for a moment and you say, ah, I need to be calm. I am here to be calm. And then you bring yourself back into that intention because we're just living our lives through routine and habits. Mm -hmm. We are not actually actively and consciously creating our lives. We're just saying, oh, I ended up here. Now I'm here for the rest of my life. And then they get to their deathbed. And I've studied a lot on this, especially Ramdas's work with people that are approaching their end of life. The number one advice that people that are dying would tell you is stop taking yourself too seriously and life is too short. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we learning from that? Why do we have to wait until illness hits and the doctor tells us something's wrong, you have to do something about it, when deep down we know that there is something that we should be doing about it Mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with medication, nothing to do, yes, drinking water is great, eating healing foods is great. Trying to keep the The homeostasis, conversation and the physical. Exactly. I mean, yes, your food is energy. If you're going to be eating sugars, gluten, processed food made to to be preserved for three years, you're not going to feel very great because there's no life inside of you. You have a life force energy inside of you. Mm -hmm. So any tool because I like to use the use the word tools instead of coping mechanisms because it's like okay I'm climbing a mountain life is the mountain I have a backpack it's going to feel really hard if I didn't have tools to climb this mountain and every stage of the mountain I have different tools to help me climb a bit further up Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes I might fall but eventually I'm going to get back up and yoga meditation uh, somatic practices such as tapping into the body feeling into the body embodiment energy work These have all been the practices that have supported my journey towards coming back home to myself. And they're the practices that I now teach Mm -hmm. and create in safe spaces for people to explore. So I now dedicate my whole life to this work. And if anyone has any questions, (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Beautiful. In what ways have have you found to deal with these changes personally? To be honest, like... I can't really pinpoint a one, like, tool, coping mechanism. Like, unfortunately, I'm one of those people who just go every day and then at the end of the day notice, oh, my God, the day is gone. Like, I don't stop because the system makes me not stop. You know what I mean? Like, I work three part-time jobs. I'm studying. I'm writing my dissertation. Like, there's no time to breathe. And, like... Recently, I've tried to really, really get to know myself and it's difficult. It's really difficult and you need to like break out of so many habits, so many routines. I think like, especially like keeping on the topic of the second puberty thing. Yes, please. The only thing <laughs> we can... I'm never going to stop if so. The <laughs> only thing we can really do is just listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the day is super busy. Like, trust me, I know I don't stop. Like, I don't even notice that it's mid- midnight sometimes and like I'm going into the next day and these hours are precious. Mm-hmm. Like, like, please just take just a second. Like you could be walking, you could be anywhere and just breathe mm-hmm. and just like, just remind yourself, like I'm a whole being. Like, wow, I'm here. I'm functioning. I'm doing all of, like, you know how many things my body's doing. That's all I tell myself. What's America? That's all I tell myself. Like, I'll be at work and 
walking in the corridor and I'm like, wow. oh my God, like I've done, my body's doing so many things like to keep me here, to keep me going. To keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Literally, but mm-hmm. it's like, if you think about it, just just acknowledge, just be in the moment. Don't let life get too fast. And if you're experiencing anything hormonally, whatever, just speak to people, anyone. Like, I know that sometimes you're like, no one's going to understand me. And people tend to judge. But you need to get judged until you find the right person, unfortunately. So don't be afraid of judgment. So what if people judge you? Mm-hmm. You know how many times I've been judged? So what? If they don't judge you, then you're not going to grow. Mm-hmm. Let people so, judge you. Speak to people until like, the right person will come. Mm-hmm. and there are, there are people who've experienced this we found four people here sitting at this table who've experienced yep. it and I knew none of you like personally before this so mm-hmm. you will find people who yeah. have 